rising on an emerging generation of kings. First Samuel 17, 48 to 58, the word says, So it was when the Philistine arose, speaking about the Goliath, the giant Goliath, and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Don't run away from your opposition because your opposition is part of God's strategy to take you to an opposition. Whenever you think about opposition, put a T in front of it. Top position. Your opposition is to give you a top position. Nobody ever got to the top position without facing opposition. So when the Philistine arose, David did not hide. David ran in the direction of the opposition. You know why? Because your opposition and your top position are in the same direction. Interestingly, they are connected. So when you get discouraged because of an opposition, you know what's actually ha happening? Discouragement is a distraction from what God had in mind behind the opposition. Discouragement is a distraction. You might want to write it down somewhere. Many of us are discouraged. In fact, there's nothing new about being discouraged. <laughs> it's what you do after your discouragement that determines your dominion. You will never experience dominion without discouragement. There is not one person who will come into a place of permanence and power without pressure. Pressure is a part of the journey, but what are you going to do with the pressure? Pressure can either be a restriction or raw material. My disposition to my opposition determines my position. My disposition to my opposition determines my <laughs> my disposition to my opposition determines my position. What gets me to the top position is my ability to cross my T with my opposition. Do you see that? If I dot my I's with the word of God and I cross my T with the cross of Christ. I put a T on the opposition and I get to the top position. So we see that David, he ran David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine to meet the challenge, to meet the opposition then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you have no sword, but you're bringing down that giant. Please say like a co-preacher, like an assistant preacher. Say, I know that you don't have any sword right now, but you're going to bring down that giant. No sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of a sheath and killed him. Somebody's about to kill it. You're about to kill it big. It's going to be bigger than your hair. 
You're going to kill in such a big way, your hair will look small. Your crown will be so big, your hair will look small. He ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with, with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Rhymes. Dead. Fled. <laughs> I'm not Martin, but I'm going to kill Goliath dead. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road of Sharim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tent. That means they took a lot of wealth, a lot of resources, a lot of material possessions. I want to prophesy to somebody right in the middle of your biggest battle in life right in the middle of your biggest battle your biggest blessings are coming out of it Rosamond, are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever may seem like a complication or a delay or more work or more assignment is just a propping, a positioning for more resources. Where you said, I got a deal, I got a contract, and it was a lot of money, but I didn't know it was going to be a lot of work and a lot of pressure. Hear the voice of the Lord. Your capacity is being stretched to the point where you thought, oh, it's a 10 million deal. No. God has given you a 100 million capacity so that a few months after you deliver on that 10 million, you are able to take on the 50, the 70, the 80, the 100 million. I tell you no lie, Jaddy, you better get ready. Where we are right now in Kings is not a function of the possibilities of your career path. No, it's about the possibilities of your God, which means that you may look at your typical deliverables and say, I'm just an executive assistant like Bukola is, or I'm just a voiceover. No, it's not about the 250,000 or the 300,000. We're about to enter into a $50,000 deal or $100,000 deal, an intercontinental and international opportunity stream that will be like, who is that Modupe person? Can she organize a part, a part of the presidential handover? By the way, some of your greatest wealth will come from people you don't like. David didn't like Goliath, but the battle with Goliath brought his biggest blessings. Some of you are about to claim the loot in an industry you're just stepping into. From a space where it's just your first day feature, are you hearing that? But they're going to be like your front desk person. Well, front desk people are about to become frontliners. God is about to create radical shifts. Secret blessings about to locate you in public ways. An opportunity that was not even on your prayer list is about to become the biggest income generating asset of your life. Somebody will see your products, hear your voice, see your work, experience what you have, the flavor, and something good will come out of it. Whatever you think is your perfect offering or your tithe now is about to become 1% of your possibilities. Are you hearing this? Jobrina Kapata Zilavasha. You are literally about to move from the back to the front. Some pressure came your way because you needed to learn some lessons. And now that you have learned those lessons, it's time to enter into the wealth connected to the stress that you have grown through, that you have lived through, that you have worked through. In the name of Jesus, uncommon opportunities. 
uncommon favors. I tell you no lie, we are on the brink of another shift. We are on a brink. In fact, we're not even going to be in this place for too long. We're moving to Lekki. Something is about to happen. There is about to be an explosion. We're moving from the manger to the main street. From the manger to the main street. From the manger to the main street. Jesus was born in the manger, but he didn't die there. You're not going to die where you are. You're not going to die in the current construct, in the current circle, in the current place. There is a shift that has already taken place. You know what has happened is some of you have grown faster than you realize. But you think you haven't grown because the external looks the same. But God said you're a different person. You're a bigger person. You're a more patient person. And now I can entrust you now with supplies and resources and don't say I'm young in fact God told me something he said those of you in your early 20s to mid 20s he wants to showcase his glory through your life he wants to show off some things he wants to bring you into a place don't worry those of you in your 30s and 40s it doesn't mean you're left out but God wants to do certain things that will seem ridiculous are you ready for that? They plunder, they plunder, they plunder their tents. They plunder their tents. You will enter into a house for some of you and the owner will be like, do you like this house? I received that for me too. Said, do you like this house? I don't know what it is, but there's something about you. This house fits you, it suits you. Those of you that create knowledge products, songs, intellectual property, books, trainings, your trainings, your wrist is about to enter into ridiculously major places. Make that, let's pray, let's engage those prophecies in a minute. Plunder the tents, plunder the tents. Zekovana, Prediga Paluas Benta Shopra Niba Tiger, Lekozu Nabrina Kaza, Shidabai, Zagovrina Kapandos, Rake Nebo Zilativa Daba, Venigra Teke Lako Prediga, Lezuze Batisha. Listen, Lois, I don't know what the disappointment is, but God said the disappointment is giving way to, oops, is giving way to this appointment. Oh, my neighbor, Zina Pakata, Shataibusa. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Help me, Lord. Give me the next verse, then I'll instruct. Verse 54. Plundered their tents. <laughs> Somebody about to get so much, it will look like you are doing something wrong. Your testimony will sound like a lie. You know, you join kings at an opportune time. Because God had prepared you before now. But I sense that you're about to enter. You're entering into a shift season. Kings, you might not know, but I'm telling you now. You're in a shift. You're in a shift season. So you know how there's a park. You're waiting for the park to be full. Then you're now the last person that enters the park. Then the bus starts moving. You know, people have been, they've been waiting for like two hours. That's like where you are. You're entering. This bus is moving. It's not just the bus. It's an air bus. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
This is a season of a shift. Shifts, relocations. Shifts. I don't want to jump the gun, but God says I'm about to export the grace upon this house. God is exporting graces. It says that the plunder the tents and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of, Ab- of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? Somebody shout now, God pick him. They're about to ask, whose son is this gift? This bukola, this bukola, that bukola. Your boo is about to call her. All the bukolas, your boo. Please be seated. Father, we thank you for inspiration, wisdom, grace, and capacity. Whenever you connect with the revelation, you can shout, it can jump, you can do all of that. Write that down. It's a season of mega strides. And what happens with mega strides is that you will face mega problems. Please never be intimidated by problems. Be intimated with the power to solve them. Don't be intimidated by problems. There's nobody who becomes great without problems. Everybody is dealing with something. In fact, the person you're hoping will notice you to help you, he has his own bills to pay. So whilst you're hoping, if they can just give me ordinary 500,000 to grow my business and all, that person has 50 staff whose salaries he has to pay every month. 10 staff, 200 staff. In other words, what makes you powerful over your problems is not just the potential to solve them, but the perspective to own them. The perspectives to own those problems empowers you to humiliate them. You cannot humiliate a problem you consistently glorify. So if you always make it a big deal, it will actually stop you from seeing the big deals behind the problem. Because every problem is part of what a makeup artist can use. Every problem is a concealer. But you must be able to tell that problem now, wash, I will wash you off. So from the concealer, I'm the revealer. I will reveal what you're concealing. Are you getting this now? Everyone in the Bible and everyone in, in contemporary times who's significant, they solved problems. They didn't complain about problems, they solved problems. When you see problems this week or the rest of this month or later on in your life, don't say, why is this happening to me? Ask, why has God given me a gift in this problem, behind this problem or with this problem? There is no problem that comes the way of the believer that does not carry an opportunity with it. A problem that's coming your way is God saying, I trust you enough, not only to solve it or to step on it, but to bring something good out of it. The problem God allows to come into your space is a reflection of how he thinks about you. (laughs) Because the bigger the problem, the bigger the reward. 
We don't know Noah because there was a flood. That's not why we know Noah. We know Noah because he built an ark in spite of the flood. The flood affected everybody, but one person took responsibility for it. We don't know David because there was a giant. We know David because he took responsibility to kill the giant. We don't know Jesus because there was sin in the world. We know Jesus because he defeated death and the power of sin by becoming the sacrifice to solve that problem. We don't know Esther because the Jews were under attack. We know Esther because she took responsibility to intercede. So we don't remember the people who complained about the problems. We remember those who converted the problems to possibilities. Somebody shouts, I want problems. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't want to say that? Say, I solve problems. That, that's a better thing to shout. But you got to have them to solve them. <laughs> what I'm trying to train you to see is to see problems as what you eat for breakfast. I'm not discouraged by the presence of problems. I'm turned on. I'm turned on. See, because as a giant killer, you're not turned off by giants. If you're a giant killer, giants turn you on. And for you to have giant rewards, you must solve giant problems. So who are the richest people in Nigeria? Mention their names, you know them. The people who can publicize themselves. Because some of the richest people, their names are not on any list. They are too rich to be on the list. They are so rich, you can't reach them. <laughs> They're illegally rich. All right, let's go. See, I asked after you. Everybody celebrates Sunday. I just asked after you like 10 minutes ago. Tell me, who are some of the richest people in Nigeria? Ali Kodanguti. Femi Otedola. Mike Adenuga. Pastor Damilu Atoyimbo, come on. You see that? That's a man of the spirit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Femi Otedola, what problems does he solve? No, what, what problem does the oil solve? Power, transportation, right? Now, how many people have transportation challenges in Nigeria? Diesel challenges in Nigeria. Fuel challenges in Nigeria. So he's solving a problem that affects everybody. Therefore, he gets rewarded directly or indirectly by everybody. So without you knowing, Femi is on your budget every month. Because you're buying diesel every month. Or a company you walk at is buying diesel every month. Are you getting that? Mike Adenuga solves what problems? Amongst other things. But the major one, telecoms. How many people do you think, how many people do you think use the services every day? How many people every day? Millions or tens of millions? Tens of millions. How many people do you think make phone calls on his network every minute? Do you know that every phone call pays him on his network? In other words, he's solving a problem. See, this thing is practical. He's solving a problem that affects millions of people. And so if millions of people give him 10 kobo every second, it translates into millions of naira every minute. 
ask your neighbor whose problems are you solving? Can I propose to you, it is illegal to consistently expect rewards beyond the problems you're solving. It's illegal. That's like expecting to be fed out of the fields of other people without cultivating it for them. You drink milk from the cows you raise. You eat fruits from the fields you plow. You eat bread from the bakery you work. Are you getting this now? Please help me look at that neighbor and wait for them to answer. They must give you an answer. Say, what problems have you been solving? Wait for them to answer. <laughs> you solve organizational problems for me. Planning problems. Scheduling problems. Coordination problems. Celebrative. You must... <laughs> You must think about that. The bigger the problems, the bigger the rewards. The smaller the problems, the smaller the reward. The more the problems, the more the rewards. The frequent the problems. So are you solving Panadol problems or surgery problems? Because in medicine, somebody can come and have a, he a headache and they prescribe some paracetamol, right? But some of us can come and they do the diagnosis and say, this person needs surgery. Which one costs more? Why does it cost more? It's a bigger problem that requires what? Greater skill, more patience, more time of training, exposure to a variety of complicated scenarios. It's risky, more dangerous. So if you're going to have bigger rewards, mega moves, mega returns, get ready for bigger problems. But the good thing about the problem is that you are bigger than the problems. Let me prove to you that you're bigger than every problem in your life. How many of you have had problems before? You had a problem 10 years ago, or five years ago, or three years ago, and it looked very huge. Remember when your biggest problem was passing jam? When your biggest problem was not having a carryover? When your biggest problem was getting posted with batch A or batch B? When your biggest problem was finishing NYSC without drinking Hennessy? Right? Can you imagine that you thought that was the end of the world? In the same vein, I want to remind you, just in case you've forgotten, that you have survived every problem you have ever had. That is a point of celebration that you already survived a hundred percent of all the problems you have ever had. That ought to give you a sense of pride in your God, of confidence in your God, that the God who saw me through jam and school, who saw me through NYC and my first job, who saw me through the surgery I went through, the medical intervention I was exposed to, the God who saw me through, the traitors, the betrayers, the naysayers, the skeptics, the God who saw me through, the family drama, the community embarrassment, the national shame, the God who saw me through, my addictions, my patterns, my cycles of destruction, that God who saw me through is still alive and well. And whatever you are, bill problem, rent problem, school fees problem, generational pattern problem, I am going to solve you. I'm going to step on you. I'm going to climb on you. I will outlive a year. Somebody give God praise for that. So the first thing is start with God. Confront that problem with God. 
confront that problem with God. David said, you come against me with stones and spears, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. The word says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. You must be willing to tell Goliath you are tall, but even if your name is taller, you're not taller than my God. Come on, y'all didn't get what I just said. Even if your name is taller, my God is taller than you. You must tell that giant, you're a giant problem, but my God created every giant. Oh, Goliath, you are bigger than me, but my God is bigger than you. Goliath, you are older than me, but have you heard about the Arubo Ajo, the ancient of days? That no matter how old you are, it's not about how old you are, it's about how bold I am. Confront your problems with God. One of the strategies, practical strategy, you get bad news, news you don't like, or some kind of information that is disturbing, can you begin to exalt God? You will look like a mad person, but you will confuse demons. Give the devil an unexpected response. Not every time you get something uncertain, uh, something undesirable, you start panicking. The enemy has already mastered your cycle like a monthly period. I mean, no disrespect. But he knows every time of the month, you are depressed. Every time of this one, you are overwhelmed. Every time salary comes, Bashima salary. <laughs> right. You already have that cycle. But God is about to break your cycle. God is about to perfect your monthly cycle, but it's about to break your misery cycle. It's about to break it completely. You will no longer be stuck in that pattern, confronted with God. You have a five million naira bill and you have 50,000 naira. Can you give God 4.95 million naira praise and worship? You didn't hear what I just said. The bill is five million, you have 50K. The 50K wants you to K. But it'd be like, my God, no, they do AK. Even though my name is not Messi AK. You gotta tell yourself you're not bigger than my God. Who then be with and day? My God is more than able. Come on now. My God is not Cain, but is more than able. Able to do, able to overcome, able to topple the mountain like it's a pebble. Confront that situation with God. Start celebrating. You have a bill that you can pay. I'm not telling what I've not done before. Or a bill that looks intimidating. Place it on the floor. Say, my God is bigger than you. And start dancing around and dancing around. And God, I give you praise for provision. I've done all things well. I thank you for new opportunities. Make your faith practical. Don't just leave quotable quotes in a note and then your life will be in quotes. Alaba <laughs> shakatabaya. From Alaba will come something that will shake. From Alabama to Alabama. Yes, sir. <laughs> Are you hearing that? That's the first thing. Number two, you want to get a God-inspired picture of your future. Never stay stuck at the point of the problem. 
see through the problems into possibilities. And the way to do that is to have a God-sponsored picture. I've been talking about this for quite a while. About to meet um, Wednesday services ago, I think three Wednesday services ago, and it's so important. The important thing is you must get pictures from the Word of God. Why? Because Isaiah said, Look to Father Abraham, look to the rock from which you were hewn. Says God called him alone. Now, how did God relate with Abraham? What I was saying, Pastor Vicky, is that everybody that will be an explorer in God must use Abraham as a reference point. How God dealt with Abraham. God dealt with Abraham. He preached the gospel unto Abraham. But how did he do it? He didn't have an evangelist. God used stars. God used pictures of possibilities to paint his purpose in Abraham's heart. Why? Because you may be discouraged by what's on the outside, but you are developed by the picture on the inside. Do you know that whenever you are afraid, what is actually happening is that pictures of the possibilities you don't want are overwhelming pictures of the possibilities you desire. Fear is a function of the pictures that are prominent in your heart. Fear is a picture of the... Fear is a function of the pictures that are prominent in your heart. It is difficult to rejoice and be afraid at the same time. One will shift for the other. That's why joy is a weapon. They said with joy you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. It's a picture. You must have a picture. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There must be a picture that causes you to endure Nigeria. You must see a picture in Nigeria that causes you to endure the pain and the crisis of being on a, on a kada. We saw that it's not an ala kada. <laughs> Are you getting that? If you are in a relationship and it looks like there's tension and strife and all of that, you must have a picture of a better time. Because most people get stuck in their battle because they get sucked into the battle. Don't get sucked into the battle. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I didn't say, no, I sit. don't sit in the valley, walk through it. He didn't say, oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm, now here we did so, now so it's going to be, oh. <laughs> I said, what's going on? I don't know. I'm not what? I'm not going on. But as I said one day, a lot is going on. I'm a lot. I'm going on. <laughs> Are you hearing? I am the lot that is going on. I am somebody's allotment in destiny. I'm somebody's allotment in life. I'm somebody's lot. I cannot stay stuck in the valley because there is somebody on the other side who is banking on my virtue, on God's wisdom in me, on God's capacities in me. Therefore, in moments of discouragement, sorry, I'm not paying you no mind. My eyes are set on one billion souls, one million kingdom influencers who can reach 1,000 each. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need a picture to stay focused. That's why I look at almost everybody got called. God painted a picture of their future. Jeremiah, what do you see? Abraham, walk the length and breadth as far as your eyes can see. Moses, he caught his attention with a picture. A bush that was burning but was not consumed. Think about that. Jesus... 
had a picture. Paul said, I went up by revelation. What's revelation? Pictures. So go into the word. When you read the Bible later today, during the review, we're doing reviews on IG now. When we're posting the comments and the stuff, paint pictures with words. Do you remember or do you realize that many of the things you remember the most were painted as pictures in your mind? You cannot remember the street of your school, your primary school, but you can remember your desk. You can remember the swing. You can remember the playground. As I'm saying it right now, you can see it. Because when you have a picture, you don't have to overwork your memory. A picture transcends timelines. That's why even on Instagram, it's pictures you have on your timeline. A picture can transport you. Some of you just had goosebumps now. Because you thought about how you used to play on the playground and eat sand and chalk. <laughs> or the boy you used to like and you used to follow him up and down. Or the boy that likes you. <laughs> ah, it's the blushing for me. So I'm like, oh, Pastor, you know. <laughs> Maybe I used to like somebody. <laughs> somebody used to like me. Picture, get a picture. Somebody get a picture. Get a picture. What is the picture you have of your future? Find it from the word. Find it from the word. You must have anchor scriptures that define your possibilities in God. What are the things, the scriptures that you say, somebody came to Dream Space, I had an event on Friday, and he came, came with a gift, and then he came with a scripture. You you not believe it, the scripture I preached from on Wednesday, wow. where God gave Solomon excellently great wisdom, understanding, and lightness of heart. <laughs> where I was wiser than all men. That scripture is one of the prophetic pictures of my life. This scripture is not the one that you go and borrow from somebody. This is one that as you are reading the word, something lights up in your spirits. Where he said, David, Lord, is wiser than all men. For nations troop from northeast, west, and south to feed off the revelation of God from his mouth. When you have that picture, you're not described by other people's pictures. In fact, you are happy for their picture. You can even give them more colors. Do you understand? When Jesus said, behold, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do your will, O God. I'm not competing with your blueprints. Because the pictures of God on my canvas is unique. Find that picture. When there are dark days, you have bright lights. When they're discouraging, discouraging moments, you have encouragement from the word. You may not always be able to reach your pastor or your pastors or your leaders, but you can always reach the word God puts in your spirits. The greatest source of encouragement is the recurring sound of the Holy Spirit amplifying the word that God gives you. That word can come. I'm not saying it can't come through a message. But when it comes in a message, go back to it. And go and, don't go and make it our word. Make it your word. The word that works for you is the word that you work as the word for you. The word that works for you is the word that you work as the word for you. If you hold on to it Sunday, are you hearing me this Sunday? If you hold on to it and say, this is my word. And there is resonance in your spirits. I hope you know that you're also a scientific contraption. That scientifically, you are, you are a ball of energy. That there are electrons in your body. That's why sometimes you feel gzz, 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 because energy has been transmitted. 
That's how come you can be shocked by electricity because there is something electrical and electrifying about your makeup. Somebody's about to electrify their generation. Mega, somebody shout mega. Massively executing God's agenda. I execute God's agenda and I electrocute demons. Are you hearing that? So get a picture. What was the picture that David had? David painted pictures in Goliath's mind. <laughs> he said this day, uh, from verse 4 to 6, 1 Samuel 17, 4 to 6, he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. See the picture. He said, I will strike you. Ah, But boy, oh, oh no, how to paint pictures. You're English. Oh no, how to paint pictures. You might not be poetic, but you can be prophetic. Yeah. And the commonality between poetic and prophetic is pictures. Yes. That's why many people who are prophetic are actually poetic. Yes, sir. Are you aware of that? Yes, sir. Look around. Don't use your lyrics to tie people down. Use your lyrics to free them up. Because many people that are poetic, there's a prophetic aspect. Oh, you ought to get in there. I don't want to get into you, but how many of you know that music is very prophetic? Yeah. And songwriting is poetic. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Rhythm stanza and all of that. The poetic and the prophetic are connected and they have to do with pictures. And then the ability to distill the picture into emotional words. Because that picture does not move you except it has emotion. Emotion is e-motion, external motion, electrified motion. That's why you say I was moved. What do you mean you are moved by a message? The message touched you, it touched you very well. Something moved, took you word. If somebody pinches you, you see that, that's it. Somebody pinches you, that's emotional pain. Hallelujah. And if someone says, I'm so sorry about that, why would I do that? <laughs> it's she smiled. Emotions with words. You can change your state by making the word of God your state. You can change your state by making the word of God your estate. There's something I call thought adventure. I do it a lot and sometimes I do it with my wife. Where we stand in the realm of thought and prophetically paint pictures. I traveled out, out of Nigeria before I ever stepped out of Nigeria. Oh, you're not getting there. Before you get the green passport, get God's passports. Get the word to get it to travel to the nations of the earth. Paint the picture. He said, today, I will strike you. How many of you know that if someone says I will strike you, there's a picture that's coming to your head. So I will take your head from you. Uh -uh. Are you seeing this now? And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to who? The birds of the air. And the hey! He was so specific. If you want to be terrific, you have to be specific. He didn't say, hey, hey, Goliath, let's see how it goes. Who knows whether I can kill you or not? No. 
There must be this dimension where you have absorbed the pictures of God concerning your destiny. That you know that there is only one possible outcome and that's for God's word concerning you to be true. Are you here now? Volume, good tone, but volume. He was, David was not in doubt. This was his first time physically present, but it was not his first time in battle. That means he had programmatically, prophetically engineered his mind for dominion in any space. And Goliath was not going to change that picture. In fact, Goliath was going to reinforce that picture. For the first time, David actually saw a worthy enemy. <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm saying? So let me paint pictures for you. Lion and bear, I can't be telling you how few these carcasses are too small. This one, you have small intelligence. Let me instruct you on how I'm going to finish you. This should be your disposition to every problem in your life. This is not the end of me. This is the end of you. And when I finish you this problem, I'm coming out with solutions. After I pay this rent, I'm going to solve accommodation problems for other people. Are you here? Paint pictures. And he painted that picture so, so well. Please get out of your emotions and get into your revelation. Lead your emotions with revelation. Lead your emotions with revelation. What does that mean? You're feeling anxious. You're feeling worried. See, your emotions are informants. Don't make them immigrants. What does that mean? Every emotional state is sending you a message. It's revealing something. What you don't like or how you don't like it or how touchy you are because sometimes the reason why you're irritated is not because of what people are doing. It's because you are low on emotional fuel. Right? You've not eaten well. Most emotional problems can be solved. Good food, proper rest, exercise and a clean environment for those who are married hot sex five most emotional states now before you say I'm stressed I'm stressed do the four out of the five you can do sleep well eat well rest well exercise that's move your body because sometimes when your body has not moved in a long time it forgets that it was created for progress and so medically, there's something called atrophy, where body organs begin to shrink from lack of use. Just like spiritual gifts also. You never lose your spiritual gifts, but you can lose touch in taking responsibility for them. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. If God has given, doesn't take it back. So, get into the word and use the word to redefine your states. When you have 37,200 and stupid Naira in your account. <laughs> Don't look at that money. Money never increases by looking at it. Don't look at it. The more you are looking, the more it will be insulting you. 
See, this, so this is the sum total of your life. See what your life has reduced to. You look at the riches of God, the possibilities of God, the provision of God. Then you begin to extrapolate the instructions of God and say, what instructions have I been given? From the generic to the specific. Generic in terms of generosity with the kingdom, with percentage, prophetic and all. Then specific. What did God say I should write? Which proposal? Who did he say I should speak to? Which moi moi can I sell? Since I don't want to sell my money, what if God wants to take your money global? Are you seeing that? Yeah. Number three, for time's sake, gear up with grace. Kalovanaya. Gear up with grace. Engage God's grace. Don't just be an announcer of God and his name, but practically engage his grace. What is grace? Grace is God's empowerment in spite of your insufficiency. Grace is God's willingness to be fully associated with you in spite of what you lack or what you don't look like. Grace is the empowerment of God regardless of your situation. Grace is God's ID, God's identification with you. His enablement, his empowerment. It says that Christ was full of grace and truth. Come on, shout at me. Truth. Yeah. Where do we see the grace of God in life in this story? We see 1 Samuel 17, 40. Then he took his staff in his hand. That's uh, David. He had a staff took it in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now before this we're going to see, uh, if you read from verse 37 to, th uh, to 39 you see that he appeared before Saul to get permission to fight this and then Saul said, ah young boy you can't fight this Banu you are a youth you've never done NYSE <laughs> and this guy, he has been a fighter from his youth. So he says, let me just help you. Let me give you my armor. He gave him his armor. He tried it on, but it didn't fit. You see, because God's grace on your life, Natilo made. There is the common grace. The Bible says the grace of God has appeared unto all men. There's a common grace. But there are specific graces for specific assignments. When you gear up in that grace, nobody can beat you at being you. Yeah. Noah couldn't kill that. He was not graced for it. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Yeah. How do I know? Why did God bring the flood? Because there were giants in the land. There were giants in the land. The sons of God had intimated themselves with the daughters of women and they produced monstrosities. But David didn't have, sorry, Noah didn't have a Davidic anointing. So God flooded the giants out of the land. But when it came to David, God said, David said, God, you don't need no flood. I am a flood. I am a war. In Daboski. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are some things you should take on. Say, God, don't waste your angels. Are they here? 
yourself oh are you hearing what I'm saying right now say God if you've got me you have nothing to worry about in this fashion industry you have a representative in oil and gas you have a representative in this matter of raising kings a full ground oh gear up in grace gear up in grace I don't have Saul's armor but I have my stone I don't have Saul's sword but I have my stone I don't have Goliath's javelin ah, but I have a stone and I know how to work it I know how to swing it I know how to sling it you don't have to train me to do it I've been in the backside of nowhere for a long time working this thing looking for a worthy opponent and now is my time to release the stone Timmy you better get ready for something big in your life alright I know you're under pressure but you better get ready because God still honors faith and regardless of whatever mistakes you may have made if you still believe he said I will in no wise cast out I don't know who I'm speaking to but you better get ready gear up in grace because grace is enough for this battle high five your neighbor say gear it up gear it on gear it on wear the grace of God like a garment wear it like a clock gear up in grace gear up in grace some of you do sending so easily and you despise it and when you despise it you despise it you remove this are you getting this yes, sir. what was david doing with stone and sling now play play no you play play catapult tata play but God wants to use something that you use as play to play the devil out of the field he will use something you use as play to score goals for the kingdom somebody's like can it be that easy of course God doesn't want to stress your life so what you call a hobby is actually a weapon but we like it to be complex it must be complex <laughs> oh my lord May the Lord bring more resources into your life with your gifts than you could ever bring with your hustle. Almost, almost, almost all my income is connected to both my thinking and words. Things I do naturally. Things I do playfully. Things I do for free. Are you here now? Gear up with grace. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he said, Be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be strong in that grace. Boast in that grace. Understand that that grace is a global grace. Are you hearing that? The Lord said to me, and I want to give it to you. He said, Those who are armed with grace will never be harmed with disgrace. If you're armed with grace, there's no shame in your game. And that brings me to number three. Number three is have a strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark that down, 2 Timothy 2. Number, th- number three, number four now. Oh, we're moving good. Someone to say G3. G3. Say G4 now. G4 now. Tell that person G, G. G, G. Say G Masun. G <laughs> number four is gifts. Engage your gifts. Now, what is God's grace? God's grace is the articulation 
of his power at work in your life. Everything God does in your life, he does by grace. Actually, John chapter 3 verse 27, he said, no man can receive anything except it be given him from above. So everything God does is a gift of grace, benevolence, unmerited favor, his willingness to associate with you, right? But see this, God still gives you gifts and those gifts are gifts given by his grace. Now, what are those gifts? Those gifts, watch this, are tactical and technical expressions of his ability through your personality. Gifts are tactical and technical expressions of God's ability through your personality. So, for example, singing is a tactical and technical expression, right? But how many of you know that his tone and her tone in music, they are different? Yes. Because what makes it your gift is that your personality is connected to it. So the way you do, not everybody can do it like that. So it's personality. And then of course, training. Are you seeing that? So your gift is an expression of a divine ability. Which means that when you see a gift in operation, it is a subset of God's grace. When God decides to domesticate a unique expression of grace in a human being, you call it a gift. Hmm. You're receiving this. Now, the reason I'm bringing it from that perspective is to let you know, please, if people say, I like the way you drum or the way you write, don't think it's just something fancy, a decoration God gave you. Your gifts are not a decoration. Your gifts are a declaration. You are called, are you all right, princess? You are called to show forth the glory of God. So your gift is a glory distributor. Because when you see Messi, mercilessly dribbling, do you know that people of every language and every culture, they pay attention? Even if you don't like football. In that moment of elegant strides, you pay attention. When you see CR7 doing his thing, you pay attention. Oh, come on now. When you see Stephen Curry or LeBron James doing his thing, you pay attention. When you see Michael Schumacher, who's not a shoemaker, doing his thing, you pay attention. When you see Chef Gordon Ramsay doing his thing. What I'm saying in any field where gifts are being deployed, it gets attention. So stop begging for attention. Serve with your gift. Stop looking for attention. Look for those who need your gifts and serve. If it's writing, you better write. If it's massaging, keep on massaging. Amen. Amen. Massaging the right place. Right? If it's singing, you better sing that stuff. Okay? If it's fashion, fashionately fashion that fashion. Are you hearing? Don't fashion the fashion. Fashion the fashion as a weapon fashioned for the kingdom of God. That gift, how do I know? Because in our text, Goliath, I need to run. David does not kill Goliath with just grace. Your, the grace of God upon your life wants to drive a gift in your life. Are you here?
What was the gift? He had the ability to fight. He said, God, look at 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 36. But David said to Saul, to keep his fellowship, and when a lion or a bear would come against it, guess what would happen to pick a lamb out of the flock? What would he do? I went out after it, and I struck it, and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. For goodness sake, it's just a lamb. It's just something small. But David said, no, I have the gift of audacity. I have the gift of leadership. I have the gift of preservation. I have the gift of military might. I have the gift of boldness. And whenever my gift is required, I don't say it's just a little stage. I don't say it's just five followers I have. If it's five followers on TikTok, I would design the best content that will make the five followers feel bad for being just five and tell 500 more. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Don't despise the small opportunities to use your gift because your mega moves may come through micro opportunities. Your mega moves may come through micro opportunities. David could have said, well, it's just a little lamb. You know what that means? A lamb means it's still so young. I will not miss it that much because it was just recently. In other words, if you take this lamb, there are many other lambs. But David said, if my gift is required, here I am. If they need me to sing to five people, I'll be there. To do parlor worship, I'll be there. To do 100 people, I'll be there. To do 10,000 one day, 100,000 at the gathering of kings, I will be there. Please come and look for five people real quick. High five the five people right about now and tell them, engage your gift, engage your gift. Engage your gift. I can finish the rest, but I can take one more after this. Then we'll continue on Wednesday. Don't miss midweek services. How are midweek services? Don't be missing midweek services. They are so important and they're online. Engage your gifts. Please never despise those who need your gift but can't pay for it. There are people who need your gifts, but they can't pay for it. Create a system in your production chain for those who need your gifts, but they can't pay for it. And then don't be shy to ask those who can pay to pay through their noses. Telling you. Some people can pay for it. Some of you are doing deals on the thousands of dollars level, tens of thousands of dollars level right now. In this house, some of you have entered into tens of millions. Listen, whatever level you are in is the level you are currently exposed to. It's not the highest level there is. Tell you, it's not that. So what you're currently being given for that contract, there's a client who can do that thing for that will pay you 10 times more. There's a level of growth that has nothing to do with increasing activity. It has everything to do with increasing possibility thinking. Some levels of growth are not about your preparation, they're about your positioning. You're already as prepared as you need to be for some opportunities, but are you positioned with your gift? Engage your gift, how do I know? Killing lion and bear for nothing in the backside, but he still served. David didn't say, this lamb, what can this lamb pay me for? Save this lamb, if I save your life now, what will you pay me? Nonsense lamb. Die, die, die. Asun, asun, yeah. Lamb chops. 
but he saved the life of the little lamb. And God said, wow, this guy does not just have the right art, A-R-T, art of war. He has the right heart, heart of warmth. Not just the A-R-T of W-A-R, but the H-E-A-R-T of W-A-R-M-T-H. You all missed that. He said, I can export this empathy because Israel needs it. When God is looking for kings, he looks for people who are taking care of those that people are not paying attention to. He looks at how you are treating those that cannot pay you. Because what pays God is you serving without thinking about anybody paying you. And then when you serve God that way, God will pay you more than what anybody can pay you. Somebody shout, deploy your gifts. Shout aloud, I need to close it. Deploy your gifts. Deploy your gifts. Stop waiting for Goliath. Deal with the lion. Deal with the bear. In other words, fight before there's an audience. <laughs> Use your gifts before there's a crowd. Engage your gifts before there's a crowd. We'll soon get there. Just give me some minutes. Before there's a crowd. Don't wait for the stage. Fight even in the cage. Where there are restrictions and limitations. Flex and fight out of the cage. Flex and fight. He said the God who gave me the lion and the bear. He said that God is still alive. He's still alive. And he fought with that. The thing I want to close with today. Is number five. Gates. Gates. It is time. And this is a prophetic word for many of you in this house. More is a word for you. There's a word for you. You know what God told me, Rosemond? God said, tell them. Number five is gates. It's time to take your gifts to the gates. What are gates? Gates are big portals of opportunities. They are in roads to massive organizations, to cities, to systems, to spaces. He said there is a time where your gift is in the window. Window shop. People can see through it as a and say, oh wow, you're a great speaker, you're a great writer. I like your composure and your comportment. That's window. And they say, what do you do? That's window shopping. <laughs> and at the time your gift also goes to the door. The door is where you begin to do some transactions and some commerce and some services here and there that goes beyond your locality. But God says, I don't want it to die at the door. I want it to take your gifts to the gates. Oh, my word. Let me tell you how it is in the text. Do you know all through the text, Bukola, would you realize that there is no verse, Fejero, that said, and God said to David, go and kill Goliath. There is no place where the Spirit of God said, David, rise and kill Goliath. There is no place where an angel appeared to him. But he said, Kinimung, Bobai, what am I hearing? That I have a gift 
that can push the gates. And I'm treating my gift like a window asset. When it's a gate asset, when it's a national treasure, when it's a global intervention, oh, may we repent from playing small. The Bible says that he only heard. He heard that the Philistine had been despising God's people for 40 days. And he said, ah, I can bring down this man. So the first gate was that he had to go and see the gatekeeper who was Saul and say, excuse me, sir. He said, do you know what he told Saul? He said, let no man be afraid. In other words, king, don't be afraid. Abner commander, don't be afraid. Joab, I can do the job. When you go to the gate, it means you are taking responsibility for an industry. You are taking responsibility for a space. You are taking responsibility. You are beginning to say, God, whenever you want to traffic anything into this industry, I am your gatekeeper. I am willing. Let me tell you, there are two major things I'm taking responsibility for across the world. Kingdom influence, when it comes to raising people and training people who are going to be kingdom influencers, I'm taking responsibility for that. So whether you're a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, or whatever you are, business person, there will come a day when anybody wants to learn anything about that, they have to read my book or listen to my message or go through somebody I've raised. And number two, I'm taking responsibility for creative ingenuity with the premise of the kingdom. Find a gate in your life and say, this is my spot. This is my tough. This is my terrain. Who am I speaking to? High five somebody say, go to the gates. Go to the gate. Go to three more people. I'm getting ready to close. Say go to the gate. Say go to the gate. Say go to the gate. Take your gifts to the gate. Stop hiding your gift. Let me tell you something. There was no audition for giant killers. There was no audition. There was no recruitment drive. David filled a vacant position without invitation. There is a dimension of your destiny that can only be fulfilled in moments where you choose to be forward. Forward by faith. Are you hearing this now? There ought to be a part of you that is so driven and desperate for God to say, how can there be orphans that cannot feed? How can there be widows that don't have an income? How can there be communities without an expression of the kingdom? How can there be a space without a kingdom influencer? We are going to reach one billion people. We are going to raise one million kingdom influencers who have the capacity on air, in the sea, on the streets to do great things for the kingdom of God. We are going to write books, articulate curriculum and courses. We are going to train nations. We are going to train kingdoms. Are you hearing that? I take the gates. Shout aloud and say, I take the gates. I seize the gates. He took his gifts under God's grace with a God picture, with a God backing to the gates. The Bible says, let's close. The Bible says that your children will speak to the enemies at the gates. You know what Jesus said? He said, upon this rock, I will build. Jesus doesn't say, if somebody supports me, I will build it. You need to get to a place. I'll continue with this on Sunday, on Wednesday. By the way, Wednesday is mega speed. Hezekiah, Jesus doesn't say, well, if I have support, I will build my church. Mm -mm. 
There are some things that you take responsibility for whether people support you or not. And let me tell you something I know about God. If you take on a God project without support, you will get to a place where you never lack support. Even those that didn't understand what you were doing initially will come later and say, what do you need? I have this one, I have that one. But God has to test your heart to make sure that you're not a soldier of convenience. <laughs> that you're not a fan of comfort, but that you are a soldier, an ambassador of the kingdom. Are you hearing this now? What gates are you taking? Dare it, take some gates with your designs. Take those gates. By the way, there are different gates and different levels and different spaces. And the more you conquer gates, the more other gates open. It's like what happened to Peter when he was sleeping in jail. He had been arrested to be murdered. And the church began to pray. And an angel appeared and smote him. Chains fell off his hands and his feet. And he began to walk. The Bible says that the first gate opened. But when that first gate opened, don't stop walking. Because some of you have entered into some gates, but you stopped walking. You took a selfie at the gates. You found the bill at the gates and became Bill Gates. But I see a gate opening anointing. What does it mean to take your gifts to the gate? Go for the big things. Go to the expo, the exhibition. Say, I can do this. Sir, do you need somebody to do this? Get on LinkedIn and use the in-mail. Take your gifts to the gates. Show them the gaps they have that they don't know they, don't know they have. Show them the hundred million they are losing and tell them to pay you 10% of it. Who will not give you 10 million to make 90? Big, mega. Small is good, but small is a start. So small is good, but small is never good enough. If small was the most of it, Jesus would have never gathered a crowd. So even though he spent more of his time with small gatherings, he had significant crowds, which means there's a place for big. Is anybody ready for big? Is anybody ready for major, for massive, for increase, for a lot? Is anybody ready? Everybody, mainland and island, shout unto God. Shout unto God. Shout unto God. Hey! Let the Lord open your eyes and open your mind. See yourself on the big stages. See yourself with the multitudes. See yourself in the boardrooms. See yourself as the prophetic intercessor. As the prophetic minstrel to kings, to leaders. See yourself, see, see. See your writings all over the world, your stories. You know those four lepers at the gate said, why you sit we here until we die? Said, let us take our gifts to the gates of the enemy. What's the worst that will happen if you ask for something and they say you are too greedy? Insults, not insults, not injury. You can insult me, but you are too late because God already insulted me. He put salts in me. So no matter the kosebe kosebo, otikbo mi kenka bo. 
You can't dilute the salt in me. Did you see that? I want you in this series to become a possibilities man. I'm a possibilities person. Me, I believe anything can happen for me. Any, I believe that I, I don't know how many things can really, really happen for me right now that will make me gobsmacked because I've allowed myself to journey in God. And it has little to do with whether I have the potential for it. It has everything to do with the fact that I have the God for it. So I deploy my gifts. You know that. I serve on my gifts. I engage grace. But I also expect God to go beyond. Anybody blessed today? It's okay to clap those hands. Raise your hand and say, in the name of Jesus, I make a fresh commitment to make a mega move. I make a fresh commitment to step out in God. In the name of Jesus, no more small deals, no more little deals, no more little operations. My God is big enough. I'm living today with a 5G network. Somebody shout 5G network. I have God backing me. I have a God picture driving me. I have the grace of God propelling me. I have my gifts at work. And I'm taking all my G's to the gates, to the gates, to the city gates, to the government gates, to the gates of influence. Somebody shout, yeah. PV, come close the service. Shout, yeah. Can we celebrate Jesus? Somebody shout, we have moved. We have moved. We have moved. Glory to God. Can we celebrate the magnificent gifts that we have in our pastor? They are God is really mindful of us in Kingsville. If you don't know, just, just, just look at Pastor Dami. Honestly, we honor you, sir. We celebrate you. Can we just can we just say a word of prayer for our pastor that he will indeed be the first partaker of this experience in the name of Jesus himself his family his kids both physical biological and spiritual will indeed be the first partaker of this inheritance in the name of Jesus that the hand of God will not move from him he will continue to rest in the name of Jesus Father, we thank you, O oh God, because we know we have moved as kings. We have moved, yes, because the oil runs from Aaron's head down his bed. As Pastor Dami is partaking, we are partaking. We are partaking. We are, we, we are laying hold. We are experiencing it. Father, we thank you, O oh God. We are grateful. Thank you for sending us, Pastor Dami. Thank you, O oh God. We see him. We see, we see all that you have poured into him. And Lord, he's indeed a picture of possibilities. Father, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you for what you're doing in him, through him, in his life. We are grateful. We are grateful for the expre expression of your grace in his life, oh God. Thank you because it increases, it is ever fresh, it is ever green. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Words are not enough. Words don't cut it. Words don't capture it. Words do not 
sufficiently explain it. We're so grateful. Our pastor is special, he's precious, he's rare, he's indeed a king raiser, and we're grateful for him. Is anybody really excited? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel propelled? Do you, do you feel a force pushing you forward already? What? What a grace. This is the real celebrate grace. Celebrate what? Grace. Our pastor is graced. Heavily graced for this generation. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.